Geopolitics and Empire is joined by Dr. Chuck Baldwin, who is a prolific author, former radio talk show host, former presidential nominee, and a pastor. You can find him at chuckbaldwinlive.com. Uh, welcome again, Dr. Baldwin. Yes, it's great to be with you. Thank you very much. We spoke, I think, a, a couple years ago, and I think we were discussing Trump on how he was, uh, you, you were saying, globalist uh, Trojan horse, and I think a lot of what you said has been borne out, uh, and I would agree uh, with you. And you know, perhaps to start, in one of your columns, you recently wrote that, quote, universal uh, ob obedience to the COVID tyranny showed the totalitarian elite that the world, including the U.S., is ready for a serious plunge into subservience, uh, end quote. Uh, again, I sadly agree with you there, and uh, I see the same thing. And it, it seems that things are rapidly deteriorating in America and the world. Uh, and in terms of how totalitarianism is quickly advancing, and the economy seems to be collapsing, and people are becoming impoverished, how do you see and analyze uh, the road we are on? Well, I think you've just summarized it pretty well. Yeah, I, we have abandoned virtually every foundational element that made America the spectacular free country that it used to be. Uh, whether you look at it from a spiritual, religious, moral perspective or an ethical perspective, an educational perspective, an entertainment perspective, of course, a political perspective, our religious perspective, every every way that you would look at the country in order to kind of judge where we are historically all sends the, sin, the same signal that we have abandoned the fundamental constitutional slash Christian slash ethical uh, slash uh, liberty principles upon which our country was built. And if that trend continues perpetually without correction, uh, then the country cannot stand as it was as a unified free country. So I believe that we are in a very serious crossroads for our history right now. A message from our sponsors. It seems we may be headed for the 1930s all over again. Financial collapse, tyranny, and world war. I've already secured multiple passports, offshore accounts, safe havens, and escaped to the sunnier shores of Mexico. My friend Michael Thorup of the Expat Money Show is hosting the Expat Money Summit with 30-plus experts that'll help you reclaim freedom in this fourth turning by moving your life and wealth offshore. Themes include securing your Plan B bug-out location, banking offshore, reducing your tax burden legally, storing precious metals, getting another passport, and more. Protect yourself and secure a new life abroad. Register now for free at expatmoneysummit.com or don't and enjoy surviving on insect protein while stuck in the metaverse. If you do find yourself stuck in a smart city, the Nomos app will help you survive COVID-1984 and the Great Reset. Nomos is a time bank that can be used by communities anywhere in the world. You just need to talk people into using it. I've spoken to the developer who is passionate about creating solutions for surviving and thriving in the apocalypse. Nomos is available in English and Spanish, so hurry and visit nomos.net before they roll out the cashless society and put you in the algorithm ghetto. And don't forget to fund Geopolitics and Empire. You can leave a donation, except on Patreon or PayPal, which have banned us, book a consultation, or become a member.
There are other pastors that I listen to uh, as well, such as John MacArthur out in California, and he says that uh, he feels that America is already under uh, the wrath of God uh, under judgment and you know other things that we see for example culturally uh, Matt Walsh uh, recently produced a documentary called what is a woman uh, and I think that's another sign where it, it really feels like the days of Noah where now they're calling a man a, a woman a woman a man they can't even define uh, sex and uh, they're it, they're brainwashing our children you know they're 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 making our children think that uh, they're, they are a different gender. It's just totally off the wall. And I see that like, I don't know how long this can uh, continue because it really feels like the days of Noah. And any thoughts on uh, this cultural uh, aspect and, and degeneration? Yeah, well, I would agree with the pastor that you referenced. I think that we are already under the judgment of God. I don't think it's a matter that God is going to judge America. I think he is already judging America. And the things that you have brought out on this program today, I think, are, are evidences that that is true. So, I, you know, I have said for many years, even decades, that America's problem is primarily a spiritual problem, not a political problem. Even though the spiritual realm bleeds over into the political realm, it is primarily a spiritual issue. And I think the things that, that we've been talking about briefly here already would indicate that what I'm saying is true because these are all spiritual issues. And since it's a spiritual issue, that means it's a spiritual solution. And that takes it back to the pulpits of the churches. And I have, again, maintained for many, many years that the primary culprit in the malaise that we are now experiencing is not the politicians as corrupt as most of them are. It's in the pulpits of the country. The pastors are the, the moral compass of the, of the nation. Uh, it, they are the rudder that directs the ship of state, not, not the politicians. They, they are the conscience of the country. They are the heart of the country. And when we see what we are seeing and what you just described a minute ago, you're seeing a lack of conscience. And that means that the pastors are not doing their jobs in the pulpits. And survey after survey uh, proves what I just said. They, they have become entertainers. They have become CEOs of corporations. Uh, they're not prophets of God, watchmen on the wall, shepherds of the flock, warning the people, etc., as they are required to be in holy writ. So I really and truly place the vast majority of the blame for where we are as a country, culturally, morally, spiritually, politically, every other way, on the pulpits. I wanted to go a step further on that. That was one of my questions, and I'm down here in, in Mexico, and I attend a evangelical uh, church here in Mexico, and you wrote, quote, I'm confident that the ruling class is smugly convinced they are on the verge of total conquest, first the COVID tyranny, and now war and economic <coughs> chaos. It's a one-two punch that has America staggering against the ropes, and all the signs are 
that it will only get worse. Furthermore, the vast majority of Americans, both conservatives and liberals, Republicans, Democrats, are being sheep sheepishly led around by the news, nose by the U.S. propaganda machine. And most <laughs> evangelical churches are part of the propaganda machine. And as you say, you know, I've seen many churches shut down. We've seen that, right, uh, worldwide in the U.S., but even here in Mexico, uh, and churches forcing congregants to mask up, to gel up, to take their temperatures. And you've also pointed out, and I've noticed this as well, even some Catholic and Orthodox leaders are seeing things evangelicals are not. How is it that the people who are supposed to be the most discerning when it comes to the times have fallen hook, line, and sinker for these deceptions? You know, that, that is really the crux of the matter, and that's, that's a great question. And, and to answer it, it's kind of a lengthy process, we have to go back several decades to, to answer this question. Obviously, the pastors did not get to this place overnight. <clears throat> this was a decades-long process that started back in the middle of the 20th century. I would, I would put it in the uh, late 60s, early 70s, and forward. Some, somewhere along the line in that period of time, churches became enamored with growth, uh, prosperity, success, building buildings, uh, drawing large crowds, having a lot of programs for the, for the kids and, and everybody to, to draw in people. They became enamored with soft preaching. Because the, the old-time religion is a very powerful message. It is a convicting message of truth that cuts to the heart, makes people face themselves, and make decisions of right uh, and the rejection of wrong. It gives them a conscience and a, and a heart for truth, etc. So Bible preaching historically in this country was that type of preaching. You go back, and I, of course, being a student of the, of the Bible and student of Christian history, I've, I've read thousands of sermons from preachers throughout the, the era, and all of them, regardless of denominations, back in the early days of our republic, were the very strong, powerful preachers of the Bible, not sparing the flock. They told the truth, whether it was popular or not. They took a stand on the issues of the day that re, that affected their liberty and their and their way of life. Somewhere along the line, in in the sixties, seventies, eighties, and forward, <clears throat> pastors rejected that type of preaching. The self help, motivational, entertainment oriented pulpits became vogue, and that was you know, denomination across the board. So as a result of that, they, we have generated a very soft and shallow group of Christians, uh, who, if they really are Christians, who have no real conscience of the hard truths and the crucial truths, I might add, of the Scripture. So therefore, they're not able to apply those truths to situations like you just talked about the phony COVID pandemic and now the war in Ukraine and, you know, the, the, all the things that are going on in Washington today with the hyperinflation and, and food shortages and, and the propaganda machine in the media lying to them and Biden lying to them and 
you know, the politicians lying to them. And the pulpits are not balancing that with truth. You know, the, if all the politicians and news media, if they, if they kept lying just like they do, but the pastors would stand up every week and give their people the truth, the, the real plain hard truth, they would be able to counterbalance the propaganda and the people would respond. But they're not doing that. They're refusing to address the issues they're saying publicly that they're not going to address the issues because that's not what God called them to do. They're not supposed to do that. So they have sedated the church. They have made it lethargic and indifferent to the spiritual responsibility that they have to be the salt of the earth. And so, again, this goes back to the pastors and to the churches, and we're never going to have resolution to this spiritual problem until we have the spiritual leaders start preaching a spiritual solution. Yeah, and that's one excuse that you mentioned that, that I've heard uh, as well, uh, churches and, and leaders say that, you know, of course, the primary concern is preaching the Bible and the gospel and evangelizing, <clears throat> but I think, as you said, they can take a moment to discuss, uh, you know, what's happening, the, the times that we are in, uh, and warn people and, and be more discerning, but they kind of uh, poo-poo that and brush it aside. You mentioned uh, Ukraine, uh, and you've also written, quote, the war party is likely le leading America straight into nuclear war, and even if nuclear war is somehow averted, uh, parentheses, it won't be because the demonic politicians in Washington didn't try. Uh, they have already led the nation into crippling inflation and very likely a major recession. What are your thoughts on the current Ukraine situation and how things might turn out there, where they might lead. Uh, we had the, the Pope, <laughs> of all people, say, uh, he declared yesterday, saying, like, we are already in World War III. We see the politicians in Washington saying they want to keep this thing going. They're sending weapons and arms, and they want to keep this going for years and years and years. Meanwhile, Russia and the East are putting their foots down uh, very firmly. Where do you see this uh, going? Yeah, uh Absolutely right. Good question. Before I address that, let me just go back to one thing you said very, very quickly there in your last comment. You know, th this is more than preachers just taking a moment to, to, to say, make some comments about things that are happening. This is where the indoctrination of, of the pulpits has, has successfully changed the definition of the gospel. The gospel is, of course, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ and faith in him for salvation. That is, that is the hub of the entire Bible. It's the hub of the entire New Covenant. But we have a Bible consisting of 66 books from Genesis to Revelation that is a manual of truth for every important element of life. If if the, if the Bible, if God had only wanted to, to give us a Bible with, quote, John 3.16 in it, uh, the death, burial, and resurrection of Christ, uh, it, he could have done that. It would have been a very, very small book. But he chose to give us the entire Word of God, which is the gospel in action. If, if you divorce our responsibility... In every area of life, the Bible speaks to our personal life. It speaks to our family life. 
talks to fathers and husbands and children. It speaks to our, our, our social life uh, and our interaction with one another. It speaks to our not only our religious life, of course, but to our governmental life. And, and really, when, when I get up in the pulpit and I talk about these issues, I'm not talking about politics. I, I, I despise politics, and I'm the least political pastor you'll ever meet, even though I'm, I'm often accused of being a, a political pastor. It's because it, the definitions have been so twisted over the years that people don't even understand the definitions of these things. Uh, we're not talking about politics. When we talk about these issues, we're talking about government. And the Bible has a lot to say about government and to government. And in the United States, we do not have a monarchy. We, we're not, we're not a, a monarchical system with a king and a tyrant. We have a constitutional republic where we, the people, are responsible for our government. In fact, under our Constitution, we are the government. The people that are elected are the servants of we the people. And so we have a responsibility to govern ourselves properly, and the Bible speaks to that. And so when when pastors, you know, when they uh, avoid and purposely neglect to talk about these biblical natural law issues relating to government affairs, they're not preaching the Bible, and they're really not preaching the gospel, because how can you have a gospel of redemption and salvation, mercy, and so forth, if you don't understand the, the evil and the wickedness and the sin of, of mankind, including ourselves, whenever we choose to not be responsible Christian adults? And we allow evil people to run over us and to ruin the wonderful things that our forebears had built for us and, and help to protect through the sacrifice of their own blood. And yet we callously and casually just throw it aside and say that it's not our responsibility, that it's not a part of the gospel. You see, this is heresy. This was, I mean, if, if the Preachers of colonial America had not had, if they had the attitude that the pastors and churches have in America today, we would still be a crown colony of Great Britain. The United States would not exist. There'd be no constitution. There'd be no Bill of Rights, freedom of speech. Every, the last 200 years of human history would not exist. And, and that's because the preachers of that era properly understood their role under the Word of God in relationship to all of these things. And whereas the pastors have retreated inside this little cubbyhole of the sanctuary and said, well, we're just going to talk about John 3.16 and all the rest of it. That's none of our business. Well, then they need to throw their Bible away and just take out John 3.16 and a few other verses and go up to the pulpit and say, you know, say they're preaching the Bible. But they're not preaching the Bible. So I think we need to make that distinction and please understand that this is not just making a few comments about current affairs. This is delving into the depth of the Word of God and teaching the Bible in its entirety, which relate to all of the various fundamental issues of life, including our governmental life. So I wanted to make that comment before I answer your question about Ukraine. 
So, yeah, Ukraine is, is, I think, is a purposeful attempt by the war party in Washington, which is the warfare state of the West, including NATO, the NATO countries and, and, and Israel, to, as you said, prolong and extend and exacerbate the war in Ukraine to, to the point that it will become, I believe, a, unless something is, is changed, it will become global in its impact, and it very easily could become nuclear. The interesting thing about the way it's going right now, and you cannot believe anything you see or hear in the mainstream media, all this propaganda about Russia is losing the war in Ukraine or these great freedom fighters. Ukraine is the most corrupt government in the world. Everybody knows that. Everybody knows that. Ukraine is not a, a, a liberty-oriented country. It, it, it's led by a, a band of gangsters, hooligans, criminals. Zelensky himself is a gangster. Uh, many of them are, are neo-Nazis. They, they are corrupt. They have been waging a, a, an eight-year war against the Donbass where they have been murdering tens of thousands of the Russian-speaking people in that region, which was the emphasis for them separating from Ukraine, proclaiming their, their independence, and then appealing to Russia for protection, which is what brought Russia into the Donbass and into the Ukrainian conflict, which is, which is a legitimate, natural right under God. The, nothing that was done there was uh, dictatorial, or aggressive. Uh, Russia was not the aggressor. Ukraine has been the aggressor for almost a decade. And Russia, after all of these years and all that bloodshed, and, and yeah, I could even use the word genocide, in the Donbass, Russia come in to protect people that are, for the most part, Russian people. They have Russian genealogy. They speak Russian. Uh, they, they're part of, of Russia and have been in their ancestry for hundreds of years. And so, the, you know, the politicians completely lie about the whole thing. And they're lying about Russia not winning the war and, the, and Ukraine. What Russia is being very, if I can use the word, cautious. And, and they're trying to not kill as many innocent people as possible. They're taking it very slow, very deliberate. If they wanted to, they could have gone in with a blitzkrieg attack and they could have wiped Ukraine down, destroyed Zelensky's government, taken over the country by force. They could have done that in a matter of days, weeks at the most. They have the power to do that, but they chose not to do that. They're not trying to inflict that kind of carnage upon the people of Ukraine. Uh, they're trying to deal with the neo-Nazi threat in, in the Ukraine. They're trying to protect the people of Donbass. Anyway, so America is using the opportunity of this conflict to exacerbate a war, to try and goad Russia and the East into war, and the thing that I find very interesting is at this juncture, after what, a hundred and some odd days, the, the tide of public opinion has turned in favor of Russia globally, maybe not here in the United States, but around the world, the, the vast majority of nations, and I wrote on this in my column too, the vast majority of nations 
are on Russia's side. They believe that Russia has the high ground, unlike the United States. They, they see the United States as the one that is violating the, the international law and, and making more out of this than what it should be and inflicting more damage and more, more death than what is necessary, et cetera. So what's happening? You know, all these sanctions that we in NATO have put upon NATO, uh, upon Russia, is backfiring. I mean, look what's happening to the American economy. We got gas at five dollars a gallon, eight dollars in California. We've got, we can't find baby food. We can't find uh, ladies' products on the shelves. Other shortages are coming. We've got, we've got blackouts going on around the country. There were blackouts in Illinois yesterday or the day before, all over the, the northern part of Illinois. There were roving blackouts in uh, eastern Tennessee. There were roving blackouts in Texas. They're predicting major blackouts this summer all over the Midwest. The uh, countries of Europe are telling their people to prepare for winter without heat. And can you imagine being in Germany and not having any, any heat in your home? Uh, uh, this is not hurting Russia at all. The, the ruble is now elevated to the highest currency in the world. The U.S. dollar is collapsing at a record pace. Now, the global currency that was the dollar is being abandoned by nations all over the world in favor of the ruble. The economy of Russia is increasing exponentially. The economy of the United States is collapsing. We are already in a recession. The, the stock market is reflecting that. The, the inflation prices are reflecting that. The shortages are, are, are reflecting that. Every economic indicator is saying that we're already in a recession. Economists are saying this is not going to be a slow, easy process. It, uh, it's not going to have a soft landing, I think is what I've heard some of them say. In other words, this is going to be an elongated, drawn-out, very hard, economic recession. And it's all because of, the, of, number one, the COVID and the way the government reacted to that in the totalitarian way that they, that they shut down businesses and shut down schools and they interrupted the entire U.S. lifestyle, including its economy. And then you follow up with that with Ukraine and the and this and the stupid uh, um, <clears throat> excuse me um, all of the way that America has conducted itself in this war, including the the way that we have treated russia with with the things that I just described, has added to what we already were dealing with with COVID. So now it is indeed the one-two punch. I want I wanted to get your thought on, on something. I haven't seen you mention it much in your columns, but I just can't stop thinking about this. It's, it's, it's related to COVID, and uh, to get your thought on where maybe this fits in, in, in prophecy is <clears throat> this vaccine passport, digital ID passport, social credit system, because... Um, you know, I continue to be deplatformed. Last uh, year, I was taken off of Patreon, and about a month ago, when they created, the, when the DHS created the Disinformation Governance Board, they banned from PayPal, uh, Mint Press, Consortium News, and myself. And you know, for example, I, I had used uh, at times PayPal to pay my utility bills here in Mexico, as well as receive uh, donations. So I was using it to buy and sell. 
Uh, and because of my thought crime, uh, you know, I can no longer buy and sell. And I feel like it's a shape of things to come because in China this week, it was reported, you know, for a couple of months, people have had their bank accounts frozen, one bank, bank that possibly is collapsing. And they were going <clears> to <throat> travel to the bank headquarters and protest. But the Chinese government changed their digital passport health status from green to red uh, and prohibiting them from uh, traveling. And I see this system is spreading to all uh, nations. And, uh, you know, I think when, once we go cashless and then they force us to have these digital passports, you won't be able to travel, you won't be able to buy or sell food literally or, or do anything. Uh, do you have any thoughts on, on this and any relation to end times uh, prophecy or, or the beast? Decision? Well, I'm, I'm speaking on, on prophecy right now. I've, I've just put out my first disc. I mean, my first set of six messages on prophecy that's available on my website at chuckbaldwinlive.com. I preached message number seven a couple of weeks ago. So I'm already in the prophecy series, uh, even as we speak. Uh, and so I'll be dealing with, with more of this, of course, as I go through the series. But your, your listeners can go to my website at chuckbaldwinlive.com and go up to the store page and you'll see, you'll see those prophecy messages uh, online there, and, and you can get those right now. So I'm already involved in that in that message series. I I t- I've had three messages, uh, I, I'm, three series of messages on the uh, the COVID situation, uh, and one of them was the rise of the beast uh, was the title of it, and in that message, I talk about some of the things that you are alluding to right now. I looked at the similarity between the the dictatorial COVID policies that were enacted by Donald Trump. Let's face it, he was the one that, that gave this monster to the world. Of course, Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci were the ones that were <clears throat> behind him uh, pulling his strings. And of course, now that Biden's in office, uh, he continued the same narrative. But but the point is is, is that uh, the features of the Orwellian policies that we now know as the COVID narrative is analogous to the Beast of Revelation. And so I I titled that uh, the Rise of the Beast, and I think it's three messages on that DVD. And people can get that, and I talk about that issue from a from a biblical perspective. And I I do believe that you cannot separate. Again, I go back to what I said. This is a spiritual issue, so that means that the the uh, spiritual forces uh, are at work, both good and bad. And when you when you see the things that we have lived through the last couple of years. And you look at what we know to be the beastly system of revelation, that the analogies and the similarities cannot be cannot be denied. So that tells me again that this is a spiritual issue. This is not a political issue. It is a spiritual issue. We're not talking about Republicans and Democrats or, or liberals and conservatives. We're talking about good and evil. We're talking about God and Satan. 
You know, we're talking about the forces of heaven and the forces of hell. Again, that takes it back to the spiritual perspective that I talked about earlier. Are there any other um, important uh, or, or pressing issues that we, we haven't covered uh, that you'd like to uh, bring up or, or get across? Well, yeah, the you just hinted on it that with the, with the war in Ukraine and the and the collapse of the dollar, which you know I think could very well be intentional, in order to pave the way for the digital society, as you as you mentioned, and with China and in the the propensity of totalitarianism, we can look at what China does to its people, and you know say, well, that's a communist nation. Well, you know, we are fast becoming a, a fascist state uh, at the very least. And when you have people like Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci praising China for their totalitarianism, which they have done repeatedly, every time China does a lockdown, forces their people to stay inside for months at a time, uh, takes away their ability to travel, takes away their ability to uh, to speak, uh, takes away their freedom to work, all, all these things. And then you have, you know, these two uh, monsters who I think probably are more responsible for for death and destruction around the world than any two people that have ever lived, and that goes back through history and the great uh, genocides uh, of, of time past. But, but these two men, through the, the COVID narrative and what it produced against not just the United States but the entire world, uh, it probably took the lives of more people. They're, they're the greatest serial killers the world has ever known, Bill Gates and Anthony Fauci. And they stand up and publicly praise China for its totalitarian policies and these are the two men that are uh, pretty much calling the shots in Washington, D.C. When it, when it comes to all these quote-unquote health concerns. That this is, you know, this is only going to get worse in terms of what we do as a nation. So, you know, I think that, that we are headed for a very, very uh, a jeopardous period of, of history. And again... This could be solved in a relatively short period of time. It, it really could. I, this is the thing that's so uh, just drives me crazy. If the pastors and the churches would truly begin standing for the principles of liberty as found in the Bible, understanding the liberty principles of natural law, the historic principles of liberty in our country, and would, would have the moral backbone to get up and begin leading the nation in the awareness of truth and the personal responsibility that we have as free men and women, the people would re respond. The politicians are powerless without the consent of the people. As long as we, the people, consent to their tyranny, they will continue to inflict it upon us. Whenever the people are ready to stand against it and, and do something about it, then it will end. And the key to unlocking the people's minds and hearts and actions on these matters is the pulpits.
So, it, again, there is a solution, but it's not in Washington. It's not in the Republican Party. It's certainly not in Donald Trump. It's in the churches. It's in the power of the spoken word of God, the pulpits, the Holy Spirit, using the power of, of, of the pulpits to awaken the citizenry and to bring them to a place of decision and a place of action. So when, when that happens, then America will be on the mend. Until that happens, we're going to continue in the same direction. I, I would agree with you, and I just want to get your thought on, uh, I would agree that the Republican Party, like, <laughs> I don't see much difference today between the Democrats and the Republicans. Maybe the Re Republicans are a little bit less worse, but uh, to get your thoughts on, uh, you know, these 2022 elections that are coming up, uh, the primaries as well as the 2024 election elections, people are saying that, you know, the de Democrats might cheat again uh, or the Republicans will win by a landslide. But I also foresee a po possible danger where even the Republicans could lead us into this, as you said, uh, fascism or authoritarianism and even launch war w with China. Uh, you know, what are your, do you have any faith or hope uh, in in these elections or thoughts on how things might be? <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I, I never have hope in politics or politicians. I, as far as a prognostication, I would, I would, I would think that unless there's some really major uh, events uh, to counter what I'm about to say between now and November, the Republicans are going to win um, a major landslide victory in the congressional elections. I don't, I don't think there's. Even the cheating process is not going to be able to stop that. The only thing that could prevent that, I would see, would be if the Republicans do something stupid like coming out with some really egregious gun control stuff that they're that they're debating right now. And you know, if they do things like that, it could it could have a, a definite bearing on the turnout in November and and the and the way the the, the momentum is going. But if things continue as they are right now, Biden's popularity is 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 the lowest in in presidential history. Um, Kamala Harris, her numbers are even lower than than Biden. The Democrats are are imploding. Uh, I mean, from a, a political science point of view, even many of the uh, self-described Democrats are fed up with Biden and the Democrat direction. And so that I think, barring something unforeseen, the Republicans are going to win big in this uh, this coming election. As far as twenty twenty four, it's way too early for me to to, to project what's going to happen. Then there's so many things that could happen between now and then. But yeah, the follow up to, to that is what you already said. What difference will it make when Republicans get in? I mean, when you know Trump was supposed to do all these things. You know, he talked all all this talk, you know, and then what does he do? He's the one that gives the country red flag laws. He's the one that gives the country uh, the COVID lockdowns and, and the entire spectrum of tyranny that was unleashed on the world was all due to Donald Trump. He was the one that signed the emergency order that opened the floodgates of hell against us. Uh, not it, it wasn't a Democrat. It was it was a Republican. It wasn't a Republican. It was Donald Trump, the Republican. So I mean, I, I don't have any faith in the Republican Party. I mean, there are some men and women inside the party that are really wonderful, freedom-minded, God-fearing men and women that are trying to do their very best 
to bring the Republican Party into a, a place of, of of making a difference for the country, and they're they're fighting bravely, and and they are, you know, some really really great people, but they're not enough of them to to come where close to a majority, and so when it when it comes to war, especially, I mean, look at look at this reaction in Washington toward Ukraine, it was unanimous, uh, except for one person that was thomas massey in kentucky you know the rest of the entire congress uh supported uh, sending billions of dollars to ukraine militarily uh that was both republicans and democrats that's why i say there's only one party and it's the war party you know they can they can bicker and argue about a lot of things at the end of the day they usually agree on more than they disagree but when it comes to war they are both enthusiastic supporters. There's never been a war that they didn't like. There's never been a war that they didn't support, Republicans and Democrats. And so with the potential escalation of Ukraine uh, spilling over into a global conflict, and then you've got China threatening Taiwan, and that could exacerbate uh, the warfare state even more, so, you know, what would happen if the Republicans control the Congress? Would they make any difference when it came to war? And the answer is absolutely not. Uh, the, that's one thing that the Democrats and the Republicans are just totally united. They're one heart and one soul, with the exception of just a very few, uh, that they are war profiteers. They are war promoters. They all make uh, everybody involved makes a killing, uh, no pun intended, on on war financially. They have business associates. They have families involved in 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 uh, the war production part of of the economy. Uh, the war profiteers make billions and trillions of dollars. And the bigger the war, the bigger the profits. And they're all connected to these. Uh, people in Washington of both parties. So yeah, I, it, it, I think they're going to win big in November, but will it make a difference? Well, in some ways it might, in many ways it won't. My final question then, uh, you know, uh, for about how to prepare for the difficult times and the road ahead is spiritually, you've already discussed that, getting right with um, God, but uh, materially or, or physically, there's a lot of people fleeing coming down here to mexico uh where i am i came i came here over a decade ago so way before uh, a lot of this stuff but uh so many people are fleeing to mexico and it, within the u.s people are fleeing to rural areas uh, you know to, to texas to florida principally as well as the american uh redoubt uh, you're out there in um mm -hmm. i think it was in montana uh and montana yeah. correct so uh any thoughts on i guess just preparing for the the storm uh, ahead yeah, I well, you know, I I I was preaching this 15, 15, 20 years ago, and we finally made this the step ourselves, as you just said, and left a a very populous state in a in a populous area, in in southeast Florida particularly, and moved to the rural northwest, a small town here in northwest Montana, and I believe that. As things continue to deteriorate uh, socially, culturally, uh, the crime is going to continue to escalate. There's going to be uh, food shortages. Uh, 
you know, there's going to be all kinds of, of difficulties when the power starts going out, when food shelves start uh, being empty. You know, people are going to are go crazy, and they really are. And the, uh, the only thing I can say in this regard, and, and I'm, there's so many other people that have a whole lot more to say about it, but I would just say if you live in a very high-density population center, um, you're in a very bad spot. And, it, you know, some people can't move, and they have no no chance. You know, there's no ability to, to leave, and I understand that. And they'll just have to make the best of it and maybe do some research on how to make the best of it. But if they can leave the, the, the big major cities, it doesn't matter what part of the country, if it's a big major metropolis, you, you, my, my opinion is that's the most dangerous place to be whenever we are entering a, a, a condition red, as I would call it, like we are, like we're entering. We're, we're probably in condition orange right now. And, and I think that, you know, if people are able to move to more rural areas, it's going to be uh, much uh, better for their families and, and for their safety and their well-being. I, that's just a general thing, but I do believe that is a potential important thing. All right. And the best place uh, to find you uh, would be Chuck Baldwin Live, and, and people can find uh, your, your sermons and, and the store there as well as they can sign up to the email list, right? That's right. I have a syndicated column that goes out every week. They can sign up for that. It's totally free. It'll come into their email every Thursday. So this latest one is going out tomorrow. And, uh, yeah, our, we have DVDs, and all of our sermons are archived online. So people going back for many, many years, they can watch to their heart's content, get caught up on a lot of the things that we've been talking about. The prophecy messages that I referred to earlier, they're all up there. We have a lot of books that we carry that I think are just tremendously important, uh, books that are ignored by most evangelicals, but books that I believe are so valuable because of the truth they contain. And so I carry books like that. I carry the, the Matthew Henry Study Bible, which is the only study Bible that I can recommend to people because it's the only study of the Bible that does not promote Christian Zionism. And, and, you know, things like that. So we have a, a large a number of items uh, that I think are very helpful for people spiritually and pertaining to the liberties of our country. I'm a student of, of history, especially American history. And, and you know, we just have a lot of materials that I believe will be helpful. We're Right now we are selling the freedom documents. We print these twice a year once in June, once in November. These are the greatest historical documents of U.S. history in one volume. We're the only ones that carry it. We produced it. We compiled it. You can't find it anywhere else. And these are the great documents of our history that are being totally ignored by everyone in school. You can graduate from high school, college, and post-grad and never read these great documents of American history. Our history is being denied us. It's, it's not being taught. It's revisionist history that, that they're giving to us. And so we, we compiled this about 20 years ago, and again, we print twice a year. And right now, we are, uh, we are printing and we are distributing the freedom documents. So that's on our page as well. So just, just tell folks to go to Chuck Baldwin Live, all one word, Chuck Baldwin 
www.thepowerofpositivelive.com, and all that information and a whole lot more will be there. All right. I've got your the physical copy of Romans 13. I read it I, I, maybe like a decade ago. I'm going to have to revisit it uh, and get up to speed on some of the um, uh, clo- uh, newer material, and I do follow uh, your sermons. Um, online on YouTube, although I'm going to have to catch up to a number of them uh, as well. It's been great chatting. Again, everyone go to chuckbaldwinlive.com and sign up to the email list. I get uh, your columns as well every week. And thank you for being on Geopolitics and Empire again. Yeah, it's really great to be with you. Thank you very much and keep up the great work. I hope you enjoyed this Geopolitics and Empire podcast. The website is geopoliticsandempire.com, and I encourage you to sign up for the free email list that goes out with each podcast and every weekend with a collection of news headlines. The newsletter and website are our last lines of defense. We're being censored and deplatformed. It's nearly impossible to find Geopolitics and Empire on the Google search engine. We've been blacklisted. YouTube frequently takes down our videos with strikes. Facebook restricts our page. Reddit and Twitter take down posts. And after the Associated Press mentioned Geopolitics and Empire in a 2021 article co-written with NATO, our Patreon account was terminated. Vimeo also terminated our Pro account. The best free way to help Geopolitics and Empire is to leave a review on Apple Podcasts or elsewhere and subscribe to all of our media channels. You can find the video broadcast now on five platforms, Odyssey, Rockfin, Rumble, BitChute, and Brighteon. You can find the audio broadcast on the podcast ecosystem, SoundCloud, Apple, Spotify, and so on. My current favorite social media channels are Twitter and Telegram, but you can also find us on Gab, MeWe, Minds, Float, VK, Instagram, Facebook, and LinkedIn. Finally, Geopolitics and Empire is in dire need of funding to continue. You can leave a donation, purchase a consultation with the host, or become a member to receive additional benefits. We also produce a weekly broadcast called Dissident Thinker for members and Rockfin subscribers only. We will continue to fight the good fight come hell or high water. Thank you for listening.